the Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom, how you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show.
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and uh, we're going to shift gears. My guest uh, this hour is um, an educator and lecturer and author. Uh, she has a new book. It's called A Heart's Landscape, uh, An Invitation to the Garden of Moments by Susan Lax. And Susan joins me by phone. Good morning, Susan. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Such a privilege to be with you. Um, let me see if I can get this right. It looked like you had so many credentials. I didn't want to try and read all of the <laughs> things that you'd done or we wouldn't have time to talk, but, but you do have a teaching degree in creative drama. You've, um, studied in Israel. You've taught it at local elementary school, creative drama, that is. Um, what, what was it that got you turn to thinking in terms of um, being able to bring joy into your life through transcendental uh, moments? Mm, what, what a good question. I think joy, I, first of all, I really am of the believers that joy is an emotion, it's not something that we go out and find. It's always living within us, and we just have to tap into it and invite it into our moments. 
Well, let and me let me I've ask always... it a different. Let me ask this just just a little slightly different way, Susan. The name of the book is A Heart's Landscape: An Invitation to the Garden of Moments. Correct. How did you get your invitation? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That 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 that's a wonderful. You're the first to ask me that, and I love it. What a beautiful question. Well, so my invitation um, has always knocked at my door and said, are you ready? And I think um, it took coming to the age of around 50 until I said, yes, I'm here, I'm ready, I'm open, let's do this. Um, I think before then I was quite occupied in, I became a mother at a very young age. I grew up in Israel on a kibbutz, and for those of you that don't know what that is, it's a communal farm. And I was very occupied in going on the same path that others have gone, you know, um, getting married early, having children, um, getting a, a degree in something, and um, helping to uh, I, I be like part that. of the society. I, I, I like that, Susan, getting a degree in something. <laughs> Correct. Yep. That's exactly what it was. And I think I never stopped really to say, wait, um, what about me, the Susan that's just in there? And I think when I hit close to, I was about 48 or maybe 46, when I went back and got my degree in spirituality and spiritual healing and counseling and but it's still, when I did that, I started feeling the calling, or I want to say that invitation started becoming a lot clearer, and the eyes of my soul could read it. And by the time I hit my birthday um, of 50, I said, wait a second, I have lived more than half my life. These moments are here. That's it. And um, all of a sudden, the Garden of Moments said, come, be with me, join in. See the view. And that's what happened. You know, I was reading about you and the book, and I came across a, a phrase, something that you had studied, um, Jewish healing. And, and I wanted to ask you about that. I was so curious about that because for so many of us, and, and this is going to sound facetious, bordering on racist, but... For most of us, we think of Jewish healing as chicken soup. Wow. And I am a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> no, but explain to me what, what yes. other things okay. go into yes. it, because most of us are not very culturally aware. So, in all honesty, you know, having grown up in Israel I grew, and growing up on a kibbutz, I really wasn't very close to the religion. It was a culture for me. And then when I came to the States, I realized, wait a second, I am in a minority here. I should understand what I'm about as a Jew, not just as a culture and as an Israeli. And I started studying all kinds of things about Judaism. And one of the things, what, how much healing Judaism offers that really... And it could be that chicken soup is healing, but it really is about um, the different practices of tapping into our soul and allowing us ourselves to be open 
with an open heart um, that Judaism offered. Um, and there's all kinds of traditions that if we take all the layers away, we can see that they offer really healing for the heart. And if it even comes into, you know, there's this tradition, you know, that one goes into the the forest, the ultra-Orthodox, if you go down to the Hasidim, right, and they would go out into the forest and they would scream and yell and talk to God however they viewed that and had everything in their heart out there and then they felt good and then they came back from the forest. And so obviously we're not going to go out into the forest and scream our hearts, but even that tradition was a basis to say, speak your truth. Speak your truth. Don't keep it in there. Let your voice be heard, but you are the first one that must hear that voice. And although I started my practice as a spiritual counselor and spiritual care in the Jewish tradition, I realized it's fitting for all human spirits. And, you know, today I work with all humans. There, there is no, no just one religion. And I've learned from all different people at moments, the most challenging moments, that, you know, I've read to, the, to them from the Quran or the New Testament or held with them rosemary beads, even though the basis within my heart, you know, is layered on my studies in Judaism. More with author Susan Lacks, straight ahead. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Vi from the Blue Hornets. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all 
always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, file a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it, you're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with author Susan Lax straight ahead. Let's go back. You started to talk about you wanted to make some observations about joy and not being something you go out and find, but something that's already within you. And I cut you off. We went in a slightly different direction. But I want to go back to that now because I was going to ask, um, is joy a choice? Well, I'm going to ask a question back at you. You said it was an emotion emotion that we have. Right. So are emotions choices? So they come about, um, for instance, sadness will just come about, but our choices, what do we do with that emotion? So our choices that we know that joy exists in there, but it's up to us to invite it into our moments. And that's the choice that we have. And even in the most challenging of times, Tom, one moment of joy, there is always room for one moment of joy. And if in that moment, one moment of joy, if we learn from our practices, how do we tap into it? How do we invite it? Well, that's the obvious because... next question, Susan. <laughs> yes. So... When someone says to me, well, what do you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm here watching my father, my mother, my spouse exit this world. What are you talking about that I can tap into joy? How would I possibly do that? And no two people are alike. So there's not, it's not like a textbook, this is what you do. But what I can tell you is there are practices in our days that we can bring in, for instance, awareness and mindfulness, and heart attentiveness that will allow us not to have such a hard time 
unlocking our joy that's in our heart. It will become something of our nature. And for instance, you know, I can be walking, you know, because I practice mindfulness. I practice heart attentiveness and awareness. And I can be walking, and all of a sudden, I can see a flower. And I can say, wow. And I could just smile. For me, because nature is something that sustains me. Nature is something that brings that joy to a surface and then allows me to have an attentive heart. And so everybody can find a practice in their day, just a couple of moments a day, just like with anything else that we do. If we want to become good at playing the piano, if we want to be good at becoming a soccer player, we need to practice. And we have to practice our heart muscles in the sense of that are connected to our soul. And those muscles need to be aware. They need to be used. You know, and what, once we do that, it, it went we through, can invite joy. It went through my mind when you said that, you know, nature is, is something that, um, that speaks to you and sustains you. And, and you might uh, see a flower. And, and all of a sudden it just popped into my head, stop and smell the roses. But... Mm-hmm. In order to stop and smell the roses, or in order for you to see that that flower, it requires mindfulness. And and how do we train ourselves to be mindful? So I'll share with you something about the word mindful. <clears throat> I remember when I first came across that word, I said, well, mindful means we're paying attention to something. But actually, when we're practicing mindfulness, we need to empty our mind so all the chaos of our thoughts don't distract us from, like you said, smelling the roses, right? So I always thought it should be called mind mind emptiness, not mindfulness, because our mind is continuously full of so many thoughts. And I think in order to to bring our mind to a place where it empties out, where it kind of like clears out the closet of thoughts for the moment. I start my day every day with two thoughts of gratitude. Two thoughts of gratitude. Two thoughts that bring me joy. And it only takes a couple of seconds. And that already gears the path. It leads me. This is how you're going to start your day. And that's just one possibility. There are so many other ones. You know, there are things that we can just look in the mirror every day and just smile. Right after you finish brushing your teeth, take a moment and smile. That smile messages our heart, our soul, that there's a good moment waiting for us. What are some things that people might consider thinking about to start their day if if they wanted to practice as you do uh, starting the day with two thoughts from what list mm, that's their own heart list right we own we all have our own heart list Tom and you know I'm sure if I asked you right now for a second to just Take a breath and share two things that you're grateful for today. 
you could do it. And they're going to be different than mine and different than my grandchild or my, my partners or my friends. And I think for me, each day they're different. Um, but one that comes a lot is just my gratefulness for welcoming the morning. I'm here and I, I can welcome this morning. I'm never going to get this moment back again. Isn't that amazing? This moment that you and I are sharing is never going to return again, exactly the way it is. And yet there's so another one coming. That, and there's another one coming. But this one, let's be in the one, in the now, in the present. Because we can't know what the next one will bring. And what happened already happened, Tom. But where we are in this moment right now is all ours. And when you, when you say in the title of the book, an invitation to the garden of moments, is, is that garden of moments essentially the list we're talking about? Well, I never thought of that, um, if that was. When I thought of the garden of moments, I thought of all the opportunities for all the moments that we come into. And, you know, not every moment is filled with gratitude or joy. There are moments that have hardships oh, and sadness. So, but we learn from them as well, Tom. But if we have awareness when we're in these moments, if we have awareness that, that even in a moment, of, a moment of sadness, it's, it's okay to be sad. We're in that moment. And, but we're going to make sure that as we exit that moment, perhaps the next moment will be one that we choose to bring joy into. So there's many moments. But yes, in that garden of moments are lists and lists and lists of things that will bring that invitation for me to, to tap into my joy or for to me to surround my entire being with gratitude. As we... You know, we take... As, we take as we, life sometimes, Tom. Excuse yeah. me, I was just going to yeah, finish ahead, that please. thought. We take sometimes um, the moments that we're given as automatic pilot, you know. And I tell people that when I work with them and I say to them, you know, if, if you have a car, right, and um, be it electric or gas, you have to take care of it to maintain it, right? Sure. Either make change the oil or make sure that it's charged because if we don't it's not going to go anywhere but what do we do for our soul to maintain it and the question is how could we take care of a car better than our soul and our moment the one moment that we're in is our chance to take care of our soul I like the idea of starting a day with with something to be grateful for, and I and I think I do. Um, a lot of times, it's as simple as something you suggested, which is just the moment you have, just 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 being grateful to be alive. Um, yep. And and yep. and I, and I, and then I think about yeah, we take that we take that moment, and we start our day. We find some joy and then there's this 
agenda or itinerary that we return to and and I guess what I'm wondering is how do we keep that joy with us as we go on to the routine things that we do so I think and from my experience once we get into a practice of inviting joy um, it, it's always there you know, if you've ever experienced good, you've experienced good or kindness, it never leaves you, right? That feeling that you had. You can yeah. you can go back and think, wow. And it's the same thing of a moment of joy. We can go back to that moment of joy. And it doesn't mean that we don't can't go on with our routine or itinerary, like you said, during the day. Obviously, we all have work. We all have doing laundry, we all have things that we get into, we have relationships, and these things are part of what makes our story. But if we always remember that there is room within that itinerary for a moment of joy, it can always come back. And you know, it, it, I was sharing with someone yesterday on an interview that I was on, that if you, you know, I work with end of life a lot. And they asked me and they said, well, when you're in that place, how do you tell someone who's grieving that, that you can, they can also have a moment of joy, right? And it's, you know, one can have both. One can have resilience and one can have joy. One can have their ordinary or their regular itinerary, but they can also have a moment of joy. One does not negate the other, the opposite. Joy will always, always win on making your moment one that brings a smile to your heart. And I always say we have, um, we have heart memory and soul memory, you know, and, and our heart and our soul remember those joyful moments. So in order to keep it with you, it's something you have to remind yourself, perhaps. Well, I think that is that memory. You know, we talked about the muscle, the heart muscle, right? The soul muscle. Yeah. And the more you work that out, for lack of another word, you know, just like in a gym, when you work your muscles, right, they get stronger. And all it takes is three days to stop working out and your muscles start forgetting how strong they were and you have to remind them again right and it's the same thing with our soul muscle and our heart muscle and we have to remind it we do have to remind it but if it becomes a practice you know if it becomes a practice Tom of just taking a deep breath and going wow bringing for me what brings me joy today is the fact that the weather is beautiful outside and it's sunny and I don't have to wear a winter coat. <laughs> and for me, I'm smiling as we're talking and that's my moment of gratefulness and of joy. And I put that in that room in my soul that holds all my moments of joy. And I just have to tap into it and one of them will always come when I need it. How do we learn to um, to do these things, to exercise our, our soul muscle, our heart muscle, um, and, and to um, tap into our joy 
out of adversity? I think the first thing is, is allowing a moment for yourself. The first thing is allowing a moment for yourself. You know, and I ask people, what, what moment did you have for yourself today that didn't, and I'm not talking about taking a shower or eating or what was just about you, something you did just for yourself. And it doesn't have to be 20 minutes. It doesn't even have to be four minutes. You know, I, I teach meditation and people say, I don't have time. I say, well, you had time to brush your teeth. Just take a moment of, of, of that and you can do that. And so I think it's really a moment for yourself. That's where it starts from, Tom. And thinking, where can I do that? How do I take a moment for myself? You know, and I, I share, you know, I write a morning inspiration um, that goes out. It's free. It goes out three times a week to people all over the world. And people have always said to me, you know, that's when I take my time for myself. I just read something and then I think about it the rest of the day. So maybe there's something that, that someone can read that will allow them to do that. Maybe it's just listening, closing their eyes and listening to music if that's what lifts your soul for a moment. It's something that you do for yourself. I always tell people, enjoy a moment for yourself today. You know, the uh, introduction to your book, A Heart's Landscape, talks about how this book came to be, and I was wondering if you might share that with us, and also talk about the way that this book shares its message or messages. So A Heart's Landscape is a collection of um, my morning, some of my morning inspirations. I've been writing morning inspiration for 13 years now, um, and how I started doing that um, is in the introduction to my book, but I can share with you that it started as, <clears throat> excuse me, it started because I wanted to reach out to a good friend of mine who was touched by cancer and had wanted to stay by herself with her cancer, and I wanted to just not lose that special bond we had, that friendship, and I started sending her an email um, and so, too, you don't have to respond to that email. If you don't want it, just tell me, don't sign it, send it. And I would just write about moments. I did not talk of her illness. And it was important for me that she remembered her identity was who she was. It wasn't her cancer. And, and then one day, um, I didn't send it to her because I had come down with the flu and she called me and said to me, where is my morning blessing? And it's only after five, six months that I realized the impact that it had for her. And then that's how Morning Inspiration was born. And at the time, I was working with women from post and pre-mastectomies, and I told them about this. And they said, why are we not getting this? And so I started sending it to them, and Morning Inspiration took on a life of her own. And people had asked me over the years, please put it in a book. But I, I said, no, Morning Inspiration will, receive, will be received by who needs to receive it. You know, I believe when you open your heart, you receive what it needs. And um, then COVID came. And I had the time and perhaps the need and perhaps people kept asking me. And I sat down and uh, in a heart's landscape uh, is a collection of, I believe, 
you know, I don't really know. I think it's a hundred and something out of three thousand and five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and um, there's uh, about five six years ago, I started becoming a photographer because I felt that I was so inspired by people and nature. I needed to take pictures, so the book is also my photos are in there. Um, and my hope for this book, Tom, is that it would reach people who need it, people who want that hand to hold um, in a moment, people that just want to take it a moment for themselves, to offer themselves a moment of heart attentiveness, to offer themselves that moment where they would just be with themselves. And that really was my intent. Let it sit by your bedside. Let you give it to someone who who's needs that, right now that's going through something. Let it be for someone who's exiting this world. May it be for someone who's helping someone. And may it be for someone who just wants a moment of joy. Well, I love this. I love this description of, of the book. The book is called A Heart's Landscape, An Invitation to the Garden of Moments. And the description is a rare blend of exquisite poetry, soulful wisdom, and much-needed whimsy. Mm-hmm. Now, what a great, what a great way to to wrap that all up. What's next for you, Susan? Wow, you know, I'm in that question, and I think sometimes it's wonderful to stay in the question, and the answer will come. Because so many opportunities await me for me and um, a heart's landscape has arrived in so many homes and it, it just warms my heart to know that it's in all these wonderful souls' homes and I think that I'm staying in the question. You know, I joke and I say, you never ask a woman after she gave birth when she's going to have her second child. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way, but I will from now on. Um, yes. Susan, so people can find, yeah, I was just going to share, people can find me and learn about me and my book and morning inspiration on SusanPLax.com. Well, and that's exactly what I was about to ask you, because I always give guests (laughs) an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Anyway, thank you so much, Susan, for spending this time with me and the listeners this morning. It's been a real pleasure, and keep up the good work. My privilege. Thank you so very much, Tom. Have a happy day. Take care. Again, that's uh, Susan Lax, author of A Heart's Landscape, An Invitation to the Garden of Moments. And we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. Staying here inside It's too dangerous out in the world I'll see you on the other side When I'm in my quarantine In my little place to hide My heart is aching and I'm missing you I'll see you on the other side I'll see you on the other side 
sing without you here I hold on to this phone so tight And I'll whisper you a goodnight kiss I'll see you on the other side When I crawl out of my cage When the world is purified I will find you and I promise this I'll see you on the other side The other side, and I'll meet you with arms open wide. See you on the other side. See you on the other side. See you on the other side, and I'll meet you with arms open wide. See you on the other side. Tom Sumner. Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com From the Tom Sumner Show Oh yeah Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Long Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health plan with blood technology. My community college is pure mission. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon, they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger, and see her on her birthday. You know, I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital. 
go to a local symphony concert, visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom It's Dana. Dana? Something must be wrong. She never calls. Dana? What's wrong? Take this down. She's stranded on the side of the road. I'm not. She needs us to send her an Amazon gift card. I don't. And she'll use it to pay the tow truck driver. I won't. Mom, Dad, that's not me. It's a scam. Scam artists will call, text, or email people trying to get them to buy a gift card from Amazon or some other company. And then ask for the gift card number over the phone. Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message. These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. Be nice to hear from him. For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov ag for your connection to consumer protection. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I'd like to do a uh, song from a Broadway show. The show is Paint Your Wagon and the song is I Talk to the Trees. I talk to the trees And they never listen to me Talk to the stars, but they never hear me. The breeze hasn't time. The breeze hasn't time to stop and hear what I hear say. What I say. I talk to them all. I talk to them all in vain. But suddenly, my suddenly. Stupid song. <laughs> Every time that I that yeah, I hear you I'll sing that song, I think it. Boy, what a stupid song. Yeah, you think it, but a, you really pick a fine time to tell me about it. Well, I wanted to surprise you. No, oh. yeah. you succeeded. You surprised me. But for your information. Talk to the Trees is not stupid. It's, it's from a hit Broadway show entitled Paint Your Wagon, which was a great show. A lot of great songs. Paint Your Wagon? <laughs> yeah. Stupid, sounds like a stupid show and a stupid song. And it's a dumb... And anybody connected with a show or a song like that has got to be a stupid, dumb, weirdo freak. All right, I agree with you. The show happens to be about a young man very much like yourself. 
Maybe I spoke a little hastily. It's about a young man very much like my brother. He's young and shy and bashful, very timid. But he's so much in love. That, that makes everything all right. He was so much in love. It was his first love. But he was so bashful that he was afraid to tell his sweetheart that he loved her and she knew not of his love. But he had to tell someone or something because it, this frustration, this terrible feeling was building up within him. And finally he did a very beautiful thing. He went out did into the Did he tell country. her that he loved her? No. He never did. He wished he could. He wished he had the courage to walk up to her and take her by the hand and look deeply into her eyes and say very simply and truthfully, I love you. I love you very much. And I only hope that one day you may grow to love me half as much as I love you right now. I will. Because I... That's just enough. But he couldn't do that. So one day he went out in the countryside and he tried to communicate with Mother Nature's wise old trees and, and talk to these trees and tell these marvels of nature, these wise old trees of his great love. You guys love, are real nut. <laughs> no, he's not a nut. Sneaking off into the forest to talk to the trees. <laughs> Tommy, that's not what he did. Hi there, Mr. Tree. How are you? How's Mrs. Tree? <laughs> All the little bushes. <laughs> a guy like that would talk to a fire he hydrant. Didn't. What do you mean, fire? Hi there, fire. I've just been talking to this big old tree over here. <laughs> Certainly have a lot in common, you two. <laughs> All right, now that is just enough. Tommy, don't you understand at all? Just a second. Hi there, stage. Used to be a tree, didn't you? <laughs> you are a very shallow, callow individual. You have made fun of this song. You haven't even tried to understand. Who's your fat friend? You used to be a tree, didn't you, Patty? <laughs> you leave my base See what alone. Happens? You hang around with the wrong type of people. Shut up! You really should be proud of yourself. Really, you should be very proud of yourself. You stood up here and you ridiculed me. You ridiculed this song. You ridiculed a wonderful show. And it's and you think everybody's proud of you out there. You think they're all looking up there and say, "Oh, why isn't he a sharp, clever boy?" No, they're all staring at you. They're staring and wondering. And they've, you know what you've shown them? You've shown them how crass, how shallow, how unfeeling an individual can be, how totally void of any poetic beauty in your entire makeup, your entire soul. You didn't understand the song? You ridiculed me and you've come down Why a, a you notch or two. That's you, all I've got to say. You, you what? Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't care what you do now. You didn't like, go ahead. You talked, you talked mean to me and, and you said that I didn't have any sensitivity and I was a crass, shallow person. I happen to be a person too, Dickie, and I have sensitivity and I have feeling and I have love in my heart. I'm sensitive to every little blade of grass that grows. But I wouldn't talk to him. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Fall down a mountain 
Hey, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. It's smoking George Winters tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head on down the hall to the living room. But I'll be back tomorrow with um, Chris Douglas, first Wednesday uh, of June. And uh, we'll be talking about the economy. And that'll be followed by our weekly roundtable armchair politics. So be sure and join us tomorrow. In the meantime, good night, everybody. The program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.